started. A fifth and sixth grade band program and post-secondary enrollment for juniors and seniors. Plus, WDC teachers want your children to succeed. Call for a tour or more information. Wadena Deer Creek Schools, building a legacy of excellence, one student at a time. Happy Monday, everyone. This is the Morning Sports Desk on KWAD. All right, we have Corey joining us. The Morning Sports Desk, now podcastable. Yes. Now podcasting. Podcasted. Podcasted. It's been podcasted and will continue to be podcast. Is that, is that correct? Am I saying that correctly? I think so. Everything's a verb nowadays. Yeah, we're verbing the word podcast because uh, you can podcast it. <laughs> you know where you can also. You know what you can also hear anywhere? Nope. This it was a guy that was in like his fifth year or something. But oh, gracious! My goodness! Oh my God! Towns up, over, and on top of Jaron Jackson. Whose baby is that? What's this? Ladies and gentlemen, oh, did you hear that? Trigger warning, everybody, because that was offensive. I'm talking about this entire building went silent. Just off the one against the possible defensive player of the year. That was a, a clip of Carl uh, Anthony Towns dunking it in the third quarter against the Memphis Grizzlies on Saturday in Game 1, in which the Wolves upset the Grizzlies to take a 1-0 series lead. Corey, your thoughts on the dunk? One of the most ferocious dunks in Timberwolves history. Has to be. It was unbelievable. I was watching the game on Saturday, and I started laughing when he threw that thing down. My whole house stopped. They're like, what's wrong with you? Like, you have to watch, you have to watch this. And, uh, and my wife was like, oh man, even she, you know, she's not like the biggest NBA fan ever. And when she saw that dunk happen, she was like, that was nasty. He's like, a man just got murdered on national television. And all of a sudden the basketball commentators turn into the WWE. Just like, oh God, that man is a family. It was going to be a dunk. Any, like, it was gonna be an amazing dunk anyway, but there was a, a, like, a split second where I don't know if it's because Carl Anthony Towns' foot went into the chest of, of Triple J, but he, like, went up. Like, he was flying towards the rim and then just, like, hung up for half a second and just elevated another six inches before. It was the wildest looking thing. It was incredible. It was amazing and, did you see the, after that play, the guy, he just pushes Jared Vanderbilt for the Wolves. Like, Carl Anthony Towns is nowhere near him, but he was disgraced so bad he just needed to shove somebody. Yeah, it was like the weirdest and one in the history of sports. <laughs> Cause he got it and then just shoved him and then boom, technical Memphis, D'Angelo Russell makes two free throws. <laughs> <laughs> A four point swing. They, uh, the Timberwolves played really well. They shot like 50% from the field. Uh, did they play a little too well? Like, did they, did they like kind of come nah, out? No, nah, no, shut up. Don't ask that question. Ridiculous <laughs> question. They stole a game on the road. There's no such thing as playing too well. You play well and win. Sometimes you play well and lose. This time they happen to win. You know what the one thing the Wolves did really well that I hope continues? They rebounded super well mm-hmm. in that game. 
They took away a lot of opportunities for Memphis for second chance points. They just came out like it's that whole thing of in the NFL. They talk about, do you want the first round bye to rest up or do you want the wild card games? So you can start building some momentum and winning playoff games and kind of go on a roll. Yeah. It's like that for the Wolves. They won that play in game and it was a hard fought game. And if they, I think winning that game, given that little bit of confidence, like, yeah. We can play in these high-pressure moments. And they show up in Game 1 on the road in Memphis and punch them in the mouth. And they came out right away. The Wolves were in control the entire game. Memphis grabbed the lead a few times, but Minnesota played an all-around great game. Carl Anthony Towns with a nice bounce-back game after uh, a bad play-in game. He had the, you know, for lack of a better term, he had a good rebound game. And Anthony Edwards, man. It's just a totally, it was a totally well-rounded, what they jumped out to like 13 points early. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Memphis, it was Memphis's home court. So of course they were going to come back, but it was, I mean, how big of a lead did Memphis ever get? Not more than, not more than like five. five, right? Yeah. So the, they were on their heels the entire game. The Memphis whole time. Was. There were some weird moments of, there was a moment in the second half, I can't remember what the time frame was, but I was like, why is Ja still not out there? Why is, Mar- why is Morant not playing mm-hmm. in this playoff series? It seems weird, but um, to your point, Anthony Edwards, in a game that does not count the play-in game, none of those stats count for anything. It's very strange. Yeah, it's weird. The I NBA count that has, as the playoffs. The NBA hasn't figured that one quite out, um, but he had a huge play-in game. And he had um, a huger actual first playoff game ever. Yeah, this was the first time this season Anthony Edwards had back-to-back 30-point games. Right. So it's what a good a, time to get it. Anthony Edwards seems like a guy who, he's just not phased by anything. Did you hear him after the game? He's like, what is it, what kind of is the biggest thing? Is this a rivalry for you? And he's like, no, the biggest thing is the fans. They're like... Oh, it's the kids, actually. They're the worst. He said they're kids that tell me I suck and need to go home. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's all fun, though. Basketball's fun. Yeah, and that, that, I think, is a big quote for him. He's 20 years old, and he's not phased by this. He's just out there having – he's out there living his best life and having fun. And that's why I don't – he's going to be a great playoff player because the pressure doesn't get to him. That My favorite part was the very last the sentence of that. Basketball is fun. And it is like that's I think it's really easy to get caught up into it. And the more this Timberwolves team wins, the higher the expectations get. And and I get it where, you know, fans are prone to doing that and franchises are prone to doing that. But it is it's true. Like basketball is fun. And he's really he's probably the most fun um, uh, Timberwolf in, since Kevin Garnett. Yeah, honestly, I, I just love watching him play. Do you count the 2018 playoff series? Because the more I think about it, the more I kind of just want to memory hole that one. I mean, it counts, but I did not like Thibodeau or Butler. So the end of that season, you no, know, it's not like a high. That's not like a highlight season for the Timberwolves. They got back into the playoffs, but it didn't really matter because everybody ended up leaving. The whole team was reloaded, like within two years. So like I, it was that team wasn't sustainable. It was a they were an eight seed that got slaughtered by a one seed it was in the pretty, playoff. Pretty joyless. It was joyless. That's yeah. That's just Tom Thibodeau's career. But and then Anthony Edwards is just pure joy. Yeah. He's just pure joy. He's he's so fun to watch. Like you said, he like you know he just 
bangs home threes with Stephen Adams in front of him. Like, what are you doing? Oh, okay, never mind. That was awesome. Do and that again. Oh, well, oh, no, he's just in the lane for another layup. Okay, <laughs> cool. I don't know how he got there, but he did. Maybe he's fun. Maybe this is anecdotal evidence, but I saw a few highlights on social media after the game, and somebody was pointing this out. But Anthony Edwards did a really good job on defense against Steven Adams of rotating. Yeah. Of, like, making sure that he's in the middle of the lane to kind of just pest him if they if everybody else gets caught up top. Anthony Edwards is... He's not a defensive player. That's not his calling card. But he shows up and makes about four or five sneaky good defensive plays a game. And in the NBA, that's really all you need. And they don't need him to be... They don't need him to carry... You just team. need to be, like, good. Just, like, put in the proper effort. Be in the right... Uh, and, by the way, effort doesn't mean try hard. Effort means, like... Being in the right place on your help defense, doing the right thing uh, when you're being screened. Like, are you going to step over top of that? Are you going to go underneath it? Whatever your like team philosophy is, like put in the correct effort, and that's all this Timberwolves team is needed out of guys who are historically not good at defense, like Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. We don't need you to be ball stoppers. We just need you to be in the right place, putting in the correct effort at the correct times, which is all the time, by the way. <laughs> and uh, when they do that, you know, you hold a, a, a team like Memphis, who scores some points, to 117 points, which is good. Memphis is the, the Wolves were the highest scoring team in the NBA last year, or this season. Memphis was the number two. So these are two teams that know how to do offense. So it was a good effort by the Wolves. 130 points in a game one playoff game on the road. That's great. Uh, by the way, I, I predicted on Friday they were going to win on Saturday. So you did call that. I was thinking about you as I was watching that. That was really cool. That's a little feather in my, uh, feather in my cap. Uh, one last thing though, and then we'll kind of wrap it up here for the day. Uh, we concerned about the Minnesota Twins yet? Are, no, I don't, you tell me if you're concerned. I'm concerned about how bad the lineup's been. The and pitching wh- what do you has mean? been outside of a few runaway innings, the pitching has been fine. But it's the, the lineup just let me put it to you this way. The, uh, the lineup has already been announced cuz they're playing at 10 o'clock cuz of the Boston Marathon today. Uh It's Patriot Day. Yes it is. And number 4 in the lineup is Kyle Garlick. Yep. I are they playing a vampire today? Why 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 is Kyle Garlick the four hitter? Because um why? I mean, why not? I who I, should it be? I mean, look up and down this lineup right now, and maybe this is to your point. But who should it be? So the lineup is Polanco leadoff, Correa at shortstop, Urshela third, Kyle Garlick hitting fourth, Gary Sanchez fifth, Trevor Larnick sixth, Miguel Sano seventh, Ryan Jeffers eighth, Gilberto Celestino hitting nine, and Miguel Sano should theoretically be that guy. But Sano has been borderline unplayable if Kirilov doesn't get hurt. I mean, I don't know. Sano's not long for this club. No, he's in the final year of his contract. The Twins aren't keeping him next year. Alex Kirilov is going to be your starting first baseman next year. But the fact is is that the Twins are paying Miguel Sano about 9 to $10 million this year. You can't just DFA him. What's their... I mean, yes, you can, especially if you're going to drop line drives that hit right in the webbing of your glove. Miguel Sano cost the team not, about three runs and yesterday. And then not have a uh, be able to relay the ball into home plate on a slow dribbler. Like, you can, if the point is to win, you can not play him. But, but um, what's their record? What's the Twins' three record? Three and six. Three and six. 
Do you know what? So that means, I don't know, I'm not great at math. That means this is the 10th game of the season? Yeah, today. So. I mean. I'm like, not too. If they win today, it's really they split two four-game series and lot, and got swept in a two-game series against the Dodgers. That's not a bad way to start the year if they can win today. They have three games in Kansas City. Kansas City hasn't had a great start to the year, so they have a chance to kind of turn things around. Uh, but, yeah, it, my point is the lineup has not been great uh, for the team this season. And also Caleb Thielbar, who I like, I, the, you know, go crazy St. Paul Saints, Caleb Thielbar. Uh, he's the only lefty in the pen outside of Danny Columby. Uh, but, I mean, those are your two lefties out of the pen. And it's almost like we traded a really good lefty reliever who's been really good so far for San Diego. I and Taylor Rogers. I would like to know if. I mean, for, no, no is the answer. Are we worried about the Twins? No, man. I'm not like like no. No's the no is the correct answer in this situation. I don't think it's actually an opinion because. It's 10 games into 162. The entire spring training period was shorter than normal. It's all been weird. This whole team is puzzle pieced together in like the last week. It's Rocco is notorious for doing whatever the heck he wants with the lineup anyway. Um, so like the, the fact that Kyle Garlic is like, it, it was just as likely that it was going to be him as it was going to be Miguel Sano today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's totally not now. Are there some are there some red flags? Are there some things that aren't put being put together? Yeah, of course. Like, like is Correa doing everything you want him to do quite yet? No. Is Buxton hurt again? Yes. Is it going to be? Uh, did they say it's only going to be a week? Yes. But is it very likely we don't see him till June? Every Twins fan thinks that's a possibility. Like there are some things to be nervous about. The pitching staff has been the concern since the very beginning. It's just gonna be, it's gonna be weird for a while. When we talked last week, the, can you get through this month like fairly unscathed? Now, if they only have three wins and it's May 1st, now we got a problem. The season's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, if they get to June and they're 10 games under 500, it's done in all likelihood. Like, yeah. Um, but they're three and six. They're not even ten games into this season. It's it'll be. I'm not saying it'll be fine, but it's it's not like this is not panic inducing. Yeah, and the weather's been really weird. They've played a, all cold weather games this year. Uh, you know, Carlos Correa needs a few more weeks. He started later than everybody else in a shortened spring training. I'm not yeah. worried about Correa. He's a pro's pro. It's just we have to let more games play out. But like you said, there have been a decent amount of red flags. Through this first couple weeks. There's been some green flags. Byron Buxton, when he plays, is like a dude. Yeah. He's like really, really good at baseball. And of course, how did he get hurt in the most basic feet first slide in the history of the planet? Because the Red Sox couldn't feel the fly ball. I actually thought when it was all said and done, he's actually going to find out he's got a broken hand because he hit the ground so hard. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I better go. All right, this has been the Morning Sports Desk for Monday, the 18th of April. Kristen here, reminding you not to do things. What I mean is, with same-day delivery for everything from gifts to groceries, you only have to do the things you want to do. To not do the other things, visit shipped.com. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. 
By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.